Hello and welcome to the Pixel Street Podcast, episode 119. This is very special, guys. This is a big week coming up. We are launching our next-gen week. For those of you that don't know, which I highly doubt is zero people listening to this, uh, we have two brand new consoles coming out this week in the Xbox Series X, the PS5, and I guess that's three technically with the Xbox Series X, or Series S, sorry. Um, but yeah, so this is kind of the first podcast of the week. We're going to have another one on Friday, as we always do. But for today's episode, we're just going to kind of recap last gen, current gen, however you want to call it. We're just going to talk about it. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. We're going to talk about some of our favorite games, some of our least favorite games, some of our favorite moments, some of our least favorite moments. Um, but yeah, as always, joining me this week is not a cop, Connor Cop. Yeah, that's that's accurate. I have not gone to a police academy. I do not have a license. Please do not sue me. I cannot arrest you, and I will not try. Why would you try? Though. Like, I, you know, I, yeah, be I a vigilante. Make, like, a lot of money from that. Come like, on, man. Being hired to parties or something? I don't know. Kind of cool. I think that's called a male stripper. You know, that's that's I, dressed as a cop. I I didn't say no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Also joining <laughs> us is the man who will have a nacho cheese machine come December twenty fifth, two thousand twenty. John Hansen. I'm so excited, and a little extra thing we're gonna do at the end here is do this little quiz. See all these questions I got for you guys up here. Yeah. yeah. Literally, we can't see anything. It's just a white screen. Yeah, I know. That's why. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Uh huh. I'm going in completely blind here. I am. Um, but the yeah, quiz before. Master. Before we get into too much, um, I just want to let you guys know to follow our YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe there. We're currently only at 15 subscribers. We're trying to get up to 100. If you're watching on YouTube now or, I don't know, Facebook, you can see the screen right there. It says episode 117, but I got to fix that. But either way, (laughs) uh, subscribe to us here on YouTube. And then also go follow us on Twitter uh, by searching at Pixel Street there. Um, that's where you can find out when we're recording the podcast. We're always looking for new topics, um, stuff like that. And we're posting every Friday on your podcast platform of choice. So, yeah, I guess let's just kind of get into it. What do you guys want to talk about? You know oh, what? Man. <laughs> we have been... Uh, we've had the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 since 2013. During that time, a game or two has released... I think we need to just jump right in and talk about our favorite games. Hold on. I, I, I do want to bring up the fact that, like, this is the first console generation where we've had kind of, like, the weird mid-tier console, you know, in between yeah. generations. The like in that. the Yeah, in the Xbox yeah. One X and the PS4 <clears throat> Pro. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah, you could put, it's basically the same games, but it, it, is, it has changed a lot of the way they, those games play. And, like, mm-hmm. on the 360, you had, like, was it like the Xbox 360 S that stood for like slim kind of? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't technically like. Slim it was basically really, the same thing though. You know, it, it, it yeah. was just a smaller design, smaller refresh of current hardware, uh, and and really more of a convenience focused package. Whereas this generation's half step consoles really focused on something um, more gameplay focused, uh, where it gave you additional power, additional features, uh, and and really kind of added a, a sense of longevity to the cycle. Uh, that I think otherwise probably wouldn't happen. I mean, if we didn't get these consoles, gosh, we would have had the next Xbox, next PlayStation in what, 2016, 2017? 
Yeah, something like that. And yeah, so. I, I feel I feel the consoles would be very far behind at this point. Definitely. Um, so yeah, it. Uh, I look at the release of the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X as very positive. Um, I love my Xbox One X. Um, kind of sad to see it going into retirement here soon, but yeah, it, it's been a an awesome console. Uh, if the Xbox One S was what the Xbox One launched as, I think the console itself would have sold much better in the beginning. Yeah, um, I agree. but. It is what it is. Uh, do you guys want like a little short history lesson? Like uh, I don't know. Like, are we going? Are we gonna school all these nerds on Xbox One and PS4? We can hit them with a quick recap. Re- recap sure. of all the fun stuff. This this generation. Ed- there's been a lot that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Even since its announcement, like things have changed so drastically in the gaming industry from the moment that they were revealed to to where we are now and and that's only a you know seven eight year period if you you count the reveal so uh yeah it wouldn't be a bad idea uh let's let's talk about it what you got all right so first let's go with the playstation 4 reveal um hold on give me a second here to pull up some stuff because i was not prepared for my own thing but but professor hansen you said you were prepared I'm always never prepared. So, um, it's my secret cap. I'm never prepared. Mm-hmm. So in February of 2013, the PlayStation 4 was revealed. Uh, lots of really good stuff here. Um, it was just a very good overall campaign. I remember that reveal being kind of strange yeah. at the time. Because they did theirs in, in like a theater in New York, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a very unassuming, very like kind of tech specy uh, announcement that I, I don't think people were really prepared for uh, to come from the PlayStation side because up to that point, PlayStation was kind of bombastic with with what they've done. Uh, and God, did Mark Cerny lead that? Because that definitely, looking Mark back, Cerny, on it, I feel like that's yeah. something he would have been a part of at the time. I don't think he led it, but he. Whenever they get into the like nitty gritty, the like very like the fine details, he's always the one that's right there talking about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, here they they revealed uh, Knack. You know that that hardcore seller, uh, infamous uh, second son. Second son. Yep, that's what I was gonna say, but I had a slight bit of doubt there. Um. And yeah, not. I'm trying to look. Was there much else that was really revealed that day? Yeah, it doesn't... There, there's probably something in there. But yeah, uh, one thing... You look at the PS4 now in 2020, and you think of how strong the first-party catalog has been for Sony. That has been the driving force of the PS4 the last, let's say, five years. But at launch, it was kind of mediocre, Really? Um, there wasn't, like, a ton of must-play titles, I don't think. Um, let's see. You got Killzone, Shadowfall, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Call of Duty Ghosts, Resogun, Battlefield 4. Um, of course, your Madden, FIFA, and NBA games. Yeah, there's just not much here that you really look back on today and you're like, Wow, 
that was a reason to buy a next-gen console. And it's odd to think about it, but I personally think the Xbox One had a much stronger release. Launch yeah, that's lineup. what I'm looking at here. Uh, that's that's one of the big things I, w- I was thinking about. Is obviously, you know, everybody's kind of looked at the next gen's uh, launch lineup with a microscope. Uh, so it's it's interesting to look back, and I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, Rise: Son of Rome, uh, while mm-hmm. I don't think was an incredibly strong title, uh, it was still cool to see them do something different uh, with that and kind of take a bit of a risk. Um, I'm curious. I, I don't see Titanfall on this list. Was Titanfall one? Titanfall right one was March. No. Yeah, that came March. Out March. Okay, so it was a mm-hmm. couple months later. Jeez. Yeah. Still, Dead Rising three is is on. Dead this Rising list. three was great. I know a lot of people aren't in love with that game, but I really enjoyed it. I hundred percented it and all mm-hmm. the DLCs for it. I really enjoyed that game. That was the game before I had played Dead Rising one and two, but I. I wouldn't say I was, like, a huge fan of it. Dead Rising 3 really got me into the series, and then 4 killed it. But um, It was also kind of crazy at the time what they did with all the zombie hordes, too. I, I, I remember that being, like, a a big thing uh, with... It with was how many, many zombies enemies. they could fit on the screen yeah, at a time. Uh, with with yeah. the, the power of the consoles, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember being pretty impressed by Forza Motorsport 5 uh, at the yeah, time, too. That, you know. <laughs> there's There's... Uh, one thing I have to say, that is the game that taught me not to buy a game on graphics. Because <laughs> yeah, I bought it at sure. launch, and I was like, man, this game looks it, amazing. It's you, so beautiful. You have to be insanely into racing games to mm, like yes. a Forza Motorsport game. I played it, yeah. and I'm like, wow, this is boring. <laughs> yeah, Motorsport yeah. is not for your average driver. I, oh, I The thing not. I think that sticks out to me, and I, I don't know if you played enough of it to have the same feeling, but... Uh, even back then, uh, we had haptic feedback in the triggers. Uh, that was one mm-hmm. of the big marquee things for Forza Motorsport 5, was that the on the Xbox One, the, the triggers would rumble, depending on the terrain you were on. Um, obviously, over time, you know, developers didn't really support the feature, and I think it got nixed. You don't hear anything about that today, uh, except for the new generation with, you know, PlayStation's controller. And I'm interested to see if Xbox continues it, but... Uh, at the time, I remember that being like a huge wow factor for me. Like, oh my god, I can feel my tires slipping on the racetrack and, and losing traction. The big thing for me was the drivatars, because that was where that thing yeah, started. Yeah, uh, you're the right. The drivatars are where uh, uh, the game sees how you race, and then when a friend or someone on your friends list is racing, like an AI version of how you race will be against them. And that w- that's such cool technology, and they're still using it in the Forza games up until this point. Who knows about the I next wonder how Forza. much of a power player that was for launching Microsoft's Cloud Focus. Uh, you know, because it... Or, or rather, is that kind of the first example of, of a major video game using some sort of cloud server like that? In, in that way? I'm not sure. Because the launch of the Xbox One was also really the... This was the start of the cloud storage and everything like yeah uh, uh, playstation has had their issues with like okay i i'm playing this game you have to manually up- upload it and everything on the xbox side since day one that has been automatic uh yeah. I, I we're talking a lot about xbox one here so i think we should move on to the reveal Certainly. of the xbox one which took place a month after um the playstation 4 reveal and who boy was that uh 
It was rough. dumpster that, fire. That, that was, was rough. that was a thing. <laughs> uh, so here they really uh, they really nailed home that innovative technology connect 2.0 included with every single xbox one and it drove the price up a hundred dollars uh making it uh the xbox one launched at 500 the ps4 launched at 400 the ps4 was a little stronger but but the xbox one had connect man and the developers were they were really gonna get into it and we got like two connect games <laughs> yeah and they weren't great connect games like there every was, connect game yeah i mean there was some cool implementation i i think back at the time that wasn't necessarily fleshed out enough to be uh you know a usable thing 24 uh, 7 mm. uh for instance i remember <clears throat> battlefield 4 i played a ton of of battlefield 4 and not everybody knew but if you had a connect sensor and you're playing on xbox and you enabled it you could actually lean your character by, by leaning in real life. So depending on like what way you rock back and forth, <laughs> yeah, it, it would track your, your motion the whole time and you could like lean around corners and stuff. And uh, that was cool. I, I thought that was kind of an awesome thing, uh, but you're right. I mean, the implementation and the, the lack of availability of anything meaningful. Uh, the, the fact that the console came with the connect is so ridiculous to me. Mm. yeah yeah that, that is I insane agree. well originally remember uh the plan was that the xbox one wouldn't work without a connect yeah like that that was a big contention point yeah. Do you guys remember all the um, privacy concerns and stuff that the drm stuff like, yeah this thing sees uh, an infrared man i don't mm -hmm. want microsoft see my nads yeah right <laughs> um and then uh going back to connor's thing on the voice recognition stuff while the camera itself i think wasn't great it kind of sucked even the voice recognition on that thing was great that yes. is i i kept an original xbox one for so long just because i love the ability to say xbox go to youtube go to this game yeah. volume I mean, up, I mean, volume down the ease of coming into your living room and be like xbox on and it just yeah. boom it was just awesome right it was so yeah. cool xbox genuinely uh, still one of my favorite ideas i i wish i could still do it uh, honestly mm -hmm. you know um, and then also there were uh, some games that really made good use of the voice recognition stuff. Yeah, you, you had your games that weren't good, like Rise, Son of Rome and Dead Rising 3, I remember, had dumb implementations <laughs> of it. it. It was like in Dead Rising 3, when you fought a boss, you would yell, you're crazy. And then Nick would yell it. And I. I don't think you got anything from it. It was just it also required you to be like weirdly specific when mm -hmm. speaking too, like you had to absolutely. hit it perfectly otherwise mm -hmm. it did not register at all and it was like no no absolutely not i didn't hear i that. remember I... sorry oh. go ahead go ahead oh uh the best implementation of it though i think was an alien isolation where you could set yeah. it in the settings as you were creeping around staying from the alien that if the connect heard any noise it would come to your location of course that means you have to have like a completely silent background around you. Otherwise people are going to give you away. But like just that idea of you're alone in your room playing a game. You, you like have a gasp or a little yell and the alien sees you and comes for you. That is such an awesome idea. So, so I just want to fast forward a few months. Um, the Xbox one released November 22nd, 2013 for $499, which is the same mm -hmm. price the series X is going to be. Which yep. honestly is very surprising that that and price the Xbox has just One remained. X, 
Yeah, and the Xbox One X was the same price. Um, what games did you guys take home on that launch day? Did Did you guys get the console the day it came out? Yeah, I got the day one edition, the one that had the the, the writing on the controller and, and and the achievement that came with it. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I got that yeah, too. <laughs> I, I remember. So I was a broke college kid when this came out. Mm-hmm. I sold that achievement online for like seventy five bucks. Somebody <laughs> oh bought God. it on eBay for like seventy five bucks. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember me specifically, I was super into Battlefield 4 on the 360, so it was kind of a no-brainer for me to upgrade to the Xbox One version. Um, yeah. So I had Battlefield 4, I had Isn't that Madden. the game that was a dumpster fire? Battlefield 4? The servers were rough at first, but it got yeah. a lot better real quick. Yeah, it got it got yeah. a lot better. They came out with so many maps for that. No, that, that was thinking of every other Battlefield, just not... Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was <laughs> the my, first my Battlefield... Favorite... That was my favorite Battlefield, Battlefield that had memory. Levolution. Yes. My favorite Battlefield Levolution. memory is three in the campaign at the beginning where the skyscraper falls on you and you survive. Yeah, that's good. That's, you know, <laughs> that's that's that call. But of yeah, shit. I, I remember I had Battlefield Four, Madden NFL twenty five, and I think Forza Motorsport five. Those mm-hmm. are the three games that I had on launch day. What did you guys have? I had I had Dead Rising three, which was where I played most of my games. Uh, most of my Xbox One early days, Forza Motorsport Five, and I want to say Call of Duty Ghost. I either had it there, or I was playing on 360, or I was playing on both. I was playing on both. That's right. I got it twice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was me. that was when you were super into Call of Duty. Yeah, I, that actually that was back when I was running a clan in Call of Duty. So yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> For me, yeah. I. Uh... Gosh, so I, I actually didn't get my Xbox till a couple months later. Uh, I think I picked it up in that like March timeline or so because I remember bringing home Titanfall One uh, around that time, and I think the other games that I'd picked up were, gosh, um, I was playing Battlefield Four on my 360 at the time, so I don't think I picked that up. Uh, but I know I grabbed Forza Motorsport Five, Sunset Overdrive. I, I know I had, uh, which I think was around that time, uh, a couple months later. Um, I want to say then, it was like summertime. Yeah, yeah. I'll so maybe it was a little bit later than March that I picked mine up. But um, I played a bunch of that. And then there was one, uh, Dead Rising 3. I, I had Dead Rising 3 as well. Uh, since by the time I grabbed mine, it was pretty cheap. Because there was like a million copies out there. Sunset um, Overdrive was about class. a year after Xbox One launched. Right on. It was October okay. 2014. So maybe I grabbed it and scooped up Sunset a little bit later. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I do remember looking back pretty fondly on that launch lineup and, and being pretty happy with it. Uh, at the time, though, I was so hardcore into Destiny 1. Uh, that's all I played. And I, w- I was playing on 360 because that's where all my friends were at the time. So uh, I actually had an Xbox One for a good amount of time before I regularly used it. It just sat there and did nothing <laughs> while that's I played kinda, my 360. That's kind of how it was for me and a lot of people from the jump from the OG Xbox to the Xbox 360. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, for me, all of my friends were playing Halo 2 every day. And none of them had any any will to buy an Xbox 360 until Halo 3 launched. So, yeah. like, for me, it was me constantly going back and playing Xbox One or original Xbox games just so I can be there to like talk with my friends who are all playing Halo 2. My thing was uh, I I was playing more 360 at the time of the Xbox One launch still, uh, mostly because of the Call of Duty clan. Like I said, like the, I put a lot of time into that. 
I do remember um, playing a lot of Ghosts. I, I Ghost for as much as people shit game. on that game, I loved Ghosts. I was. I thought it was really it. good. Yeah, a lot of people rag on it. There's the campaign has some awful, yes. like acting and yes. stuff. Dad, you're one of them. Mm-hmm. You're a ghost. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not great. I remember that first mission being pretty, pretty silly uh, for the most yeah. part. It was really uh, cool though the the outer space stuff was really cool. Yeah, I loved the um yeah the out oh my god I totally forgot about that mission. Um, I was really into the god what do they call it? Not it, it was their version of zombies uh, with the aliens. Extinction. Extinction. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was I really into that. Loved too. Extinction. Very cool take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what I thought was really cool about Ghost was it, it was actually kind of lame now that I look back on it now. But the uh, they had like triggers that would change up a, a specific part of the map. Like yeah. uh, I remember shooting like a pile of logs and they would roll down. And if any enemies were there, it would kill them. Uh, just stuff like that. You could like flip a you could turn a, a, a wheel thing in like a dam area and flood people out. Like that stuff was really cool. And they kind of yeah. went away from it. But uh just like the idea of just like changing the map and having it work in your favor to take out the enemy team was so cool. That was that battlefield thing with the levolution, you know, and that's, that was really kind of the big thing that took over the early uh, days of this generation was that, you know, for the first time they were able to make on the fly changes to what you were doing and what, what you were playing uh, while playing it, uh, which, you know, uh, I I still think is such a fantastic idea. I, I will never forget, the first time I was playing Battlefield 4, um, everybody knows the map. I, I can't think of the name of it, but it's got that giant uh, skyscraper in the middle of it. In the and, middle. And just yeah. bringing it down, man. Like, <laughs> being a part of that was so cool. And it, it, we kind of take it for granted now, but, man, I just remember that blowing my fucking mind. I, I, I the remember there was, a, there was a DLC map that had a levolution in it where you had to shoot, <clears throat> like... Throughout the map, there were, like, these, like, valves, I guess you could say. Because it was kind of, like, in a dam where this map sure. was. And yes. if you shot all of these valves, the map would flood. And then you could no longer go in the streets. Like, mm-hmm. everything was in the buildings or on the roofs. It was That's so cool. All right. Uh, so, yeah, a quick look at uh, notable games that released in 2014. Uh, ooh, I, Destiny won. Uh that is when the first Destiny release was in 2014. Dragon Age yeah. Inquisition. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. I love that game. Oh that my game god, that great. was so cool. Um, I was okay, real yeah. hot on Dragon Age Inquisition. That's still one of my favorite RPGs of all time. However, mm-hmm. the, the intro of that is garbage. We, we don't talk about the hinterlands ever. Um, let's see. Uh, Sunset Overdrive, which I think is one of the most underlooked games in this or overlooked games this generation that game is absolutely brilliant uh titanfall we've all talked about that uh south park the stick of truth was at the time the funniest game i've ever played i I, I completely agree that i'm not much (laughs) of a south park game but man that uh that game is great um the evil within wolfenstein the new order assassin's creed unity uh oh (laughs) And here's a little dark spot. Uh, the Halo Master Chief Collection released oh, in 2014. On, Don't do me Oh like my this. gosh, oh. it's that old? 
Oh, yeah. yes, it is. Wow. Um, that, that was a huge deal when it got announced. It was so crazy because yeah. it, it included Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, Halo 4 in one package. You could play them whenever you wanted. And it released and the servers were yeah. dog shit. And they were for a very long time. The whole thing was, I you know, getting all the menu system was, was horrible at the time. Like trying to connect with anybody was miserable. It, it was just a bad, bad take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thankfully, though, I think they completely turned it around. It is one of my favorite games of the generation now. I absolutely adore it. I go back to it every now and then. It's, I think it's as perfect of a collection as you can get for Halo now. It just took some time to get there. Uh, moving on to 2015. Um, wow, this was actually a, this was a pretty big year as well. So for notable games, uh, you got Bloodborne. Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid The Phantom Pain, Batman Arkham Knight, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Rise of the Tomb Raider, another low spot for Microsoft, Halo 5 Guardians, Until Dawn, Star Wars Battlefront, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Rocket League, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Life is Strange, Ori in the Blind Forest, Undertale, Dying Light, like... You could just go on and on and on here. These are very good games that we look back on and you're like, wow, this is really good. Mortal Kombat X, um, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, which is which is still going very strong. Just Cause 3, which is considered like the best in the series. There's a lot of good stuff here. I do want to give a shout out to definitely the game I had the most hype for and I played it. And I was so disappointed, and it still makes me mad to this day. Evolve. Oh my god! Oh, I, I I did I refused to pay heart. full price for that game. Mm. It I broke I remember, my heart. I remember I, I bought it on so sale excited. for like I bought it on sale I wanted for like thirty it to be bucks. So good. I bought it on sale for like thirty bucks, and I was so disappointed <laughs> in playing. Oh I played god, it like twice, man. and never. I back. I thought okay so. Uh, for those that don't know, the game is made by Turtle Rock Studios. They're the company that made the first Left 4 Dead before selling it to Valve, and they're the ones who made uh, Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, so I came into this thinking, wow, another four-person co-op adventure against a giant monster that evolves, and it's just a hunting mission and everything. That's so cool. The monsters looked amazing. The environments looked really good for their time, honestly. But the gameplay was so stale. And then also the like marketing around the game was awful. Like they had so many different packages that you had to buy to get all the content and everything. You couldn't like really I think besides like upgrades for your characters, you couldn't unlock anything in the game. It was so disappointing, man. I wanted that game to be so great and I am just mad at it. That's all. I'm mad. I will say that being said, uh, I, I think we still owe a lot to evolve in the game industry uh, because that's that's really kind of the first big take that I can think of on asymmetrical uh, multiplayer modes. You know, mm -hmm. the, the idea of uh, one side being overpowered, but the other side having numbers, you know, when when you think of that now, a bunch of games jump to mind. I mean, you've got Friday the 13th, Dead by Daylight, you know, Dead by Daylight alone is, is massive. It and... Is. 
I, I think you wouldn't have those without Evolve. So that was also a time where everyone saw the buzz that Evolve was getting, mm -hmm. and everyone tried making an asymmetrical multiplayer. You look at Fable Legends. Is that what it was called? No, before? That, <laughs> yeah. that one I think when was just uh, did did that have asymmetrical? Like yes, versus? That, that was an yeah. asymmetrical. Really, game. it was four v one. Yeah, I didn't realize there was like a fifth a, person in there. I, I, I the fifth, the fifth person was like a dungeon master. He would like, yeah. uh, he would like oh, set monsters sure. and traps. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, um, I definitely I, didn't. It? I, I, Damn it! I still it have that. I still have that game installed on my Xbox One. That mm -hmm. demo, it was. It's Man. one of the ones I'll never get rid of. <laughs> uh, should shout out though that uh, Fable Legends was canceled and then Lionhead Studios was shut down. Um, yeah. so yeah, uh, but looking at the other games there, there was a lot of big games there. Bloodborne, Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Like, those are massive releases in 2015. You look at, I, I tend to look at like 2017 and 2018 as like the biggest years for this generation. But 2015 was pretty damn good looking at it. I remember 2015 and 2016 both being pretty solid years uh, for the most part. Um, you know, 17, 18 certainly, but like you said, I mean, 2015, you've got The Witcher, which is just, you know, that game kind of blew up out of nowhere and, and became something so much more than they had expected it to, uh, mm -hmm. even despite the success of the first two games. And, you know, it, it was really kind of a reminder that uh, single-player games can be successful that that and shadow of mordor because at that time i remember being incredibly disappointed in the lack of anything substantial in the single player market you know everybody wanted mm -hmm. to be that multiplayer game everybody wanted to be the next cod you know and uh it, it was great to have somebody focus on that kind of stuff so that was also where the, uh the ea thing like really came out that they were against single player games now yeah um so yeah uh but 2015 was pretty good star wars battlefront i remember everyone being so excited for that and then it came out and they were like okay this is fine it, it wasn't that deep punch that everyone wanted but yeah uh during this time uh the playstation mm -hmm. 4 was really starting to pull away from the xbox one the xbox one at this time phil spencer took over team xbox and he was really putting it on the right direction he canceled the connect uh, integration and everything and th this is really where we start seeing like microsoft start rebuilding i think with just everything but the problem is here they had nothing on the first party lineup that was of any value yeah um, just nothing it, uh, even the things they did have were duds you know mm -hmm. you, you think of master except Chief for ori in the blind forest but uh, sure but it's still a very overlooked title you know yeah Same it's an indie game overdrive uh a lot of that stuff just didn't catch the the fire uh that playstation did which uh i i think we would be remiss to focus on the xbox side of thing here side of things here entirely you mentioned that they really started to take a lead uh you know as the generation started to continue um looking at the early years for playstation 4 man did they come out swinging you know you you've got last of us remastered which last of us is still one of my favorite games of all time and, you know, pumping out that remaster, whether people played it or not, that was something people were going to be interested in. Uh, Uncharted 4, uh, genuinely one of my favorite games of all time. And, you know, creating just, just incredible experiences that backed up the reason 
you had to have their hardware as opposed to just trying to put out hardware and make people care about it, which seemed to be mm-hmm. the Xbox path. So, you know, it was uh, the Sony only place really you could play those games the was. and they were some of the best games yeah. in the market. Just incredible. Uh, yep. Speaking of Uncharted 4, that game released in 2016 alongside Firewatch, Dishonored 2, which is another very overlooked game, which is one of my favorites. Uh, Titanfall 2, which everyone loves. Final Fantasy 15, uh, a little game I am acclimated with. Uh, Overwatch. Uh, let's see, big games. Oh, <laughs> no Man's Sky released in 2016. Oh, I think man. we need to spend some time talking about this doozy. I, 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 okay, so I pre-ordered No Man's Sky. I was so excited for that game. And I, I had less expectations than most people. Like, I had watched videos on it. Like, I knew kind of what the game was. I knew it wasn't going to be this... I knew it wasn't going to be, like, what it is today. Which is, like, this huge, you know, open-world, multiplayer experience kind of thing. And but... <laughs> it was still such a letdown because, like, they made you believe that it was that. Yeah, launch. I was going to say. They kept telling you it was going to be that. And it just wasn't. Flat-out lies. I, uh, I, I don't understand how there was never, like, a lawsuit or anything i think there was i think there was people talking up a lawsuit for a while because that there might have been some filings yeah th- that was like the most blatant false false advertising i've ever seen mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. pretty bad but you got to give them some credit they stuck with the game they turned it into something that a lot of people enjoy i still haven't even touched it i knew from the very beginning that wasn't a game for me but uh i'm, I'm glad that they did turn it around because they are a I... smaller studio I worked at GameStop at that time. Uh, oh, I started God. at GameStop in 2015. So I, I have a very vivid memory of, of the No Man's Sky launch and what that looked like. We received... The, the demand for that game at that time was insane. We we had almost just as many copies of No Man's Sky as we did uh, Call of Duty each year for the holiday, which is an absurd amount of of video games i just want to say and man the backlash really hit that thing hard we had people in non-stop asking if they could return their items if you know we had people bring back their collector's editions and be like i don't want this and we're mm-hmm. like well sorry our policy dictates that like you you opened it you're stuck with it like I, I can't do anything other than trade it in it's now a used product and we just had people trade in their collector's edition because they're like, I hate this. I don't want this. Get this away from me. <laughs> so we ended up with like the statues and stuff there. And unfortunately, I didn't get one of those. Still sad about it. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it, it was an absurd time. Uh, I will say, though, just to kind of counter uh, counteract what you were saying, uh, I, my expectations for it were pretty in check as I was, you know, working at GameStop at the time. So I was pretty close to... Uh, understanding what was happening at the time and i picked it up a little bit later for a little bit cheaper and i loved my experience with it i i actually had a very good time uh playing no man's sky uh after i'd understood what it actually was <laughs> and okay. you know but but even then i mean like when i booted it up i was like man this is not at all <laughs> what this looked like uh on commercials and stuff so yeah weird time um, other key games that released that year, Battlefield 1, Doom, just Doom, uh, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, The Last Guardian, The First Hitman, 
uh, Forza Horizon 3, XCOM 2, Gears of War 4, Civilization 6, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, which had the most disliked uh, trailer in history on YouTube or something like that. Still that hate was, that video game. <laughs> uh, I never touched it. <laughs> um, Poke- oh, nope, not that. Uh, the Division released in 2016, which had a lot of hype around it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, never you guys remember back. that trailer? The, the E3 trailer where he closes the door? Oh my gosh, door closing mm-hmm. physics. Yep, yep. Uh, oh man. Probably the biggest success story though of 2016. I know this isn't like Xbox or PS4. This is mobile and it has to do with Nintendo though. Pokemon Go completely took over that year. Uh, it didn't matter how big these games were. Pokemon Go transcended just video games in general. Uh, we, we won't spend any time talking on it since it's not Xbox or PS4, but just wanted to throw that in there. I do want to um, mention, Pokemon Go is kind of an absurd thought to think about right now uh, in, in the midst of COVID and, you know, social distancing and everything. Like, it, it almost seems surreal. Did, did you either of you guys get caught up in the Pokemon Go craze? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I still play every day. <laughs> Yeah, okay, same. All right. Yeah, me and so Joel never still play pretty regularly. Game. Okay, yeah. perfect. You guys are weird. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, like just thinking about it, and in, in you know, thinking in in the town that I live in, uh, it's it's pretty much a city. Literally every single night, every single night, you would find dozens of people just walking up and down downtown nonstop all night till like three, four in the morning. People would just be walking, capturing gyms, catching Pokemon nonstop and you know just thinking about that now it's it's such a weird foreign thought uh that game really kind of came out at the perfect time you know Mm -hmm. uh life didn't suck as much back then (laughs) i want to go back (laughs) they've been able to pivot that game so much for the time yeah which is cool yeah all right uh moving on to 2017 this is i think arguably the playstation 4 is like biggest year um you have horizon zero dawn resident evil 7 biohazard destiny 2 cuphead released that year near automata uh oh this was also the big year for PUBG, player unknowns battlegrounds uh this was really where the the battle royale genre it it didn't start here but this is where it exploded yes um PUBG. Yeah, H1Z1 was the one that I think made yeah. the genre super popular. Um, yeah, PUBG is still... I, I did a list recently of the biggest... Uh, the most selling video games of all time, and PUBG is like number four or five. It's it's it's, it's large in sold. Asian markets. Uh, it is mm-hmm. still one of the most popular games over there uh, to this day. Uh, even in the face of a, a small little game that I'm sure you're going to get to here in just a moment, uh, that pivoted from what it originally was, and yeah, let's just jump right into it. Fortnite, sure. um, yeah, Fortnite started <laughs> out as uh, it was. I remember reading articles about Fortnite in 2011. I remember just looking at it like, oh, I, at this time I was huge in the Minecraft. And I'm just like reading this. I'm like, oh, this looks so cool. You build up a base and you protect yourself against the storm of monsters coming at you. This is so awesome. And then it released and it was a dud. Like it it, it wasn't bad by any means, but like no one was like, okay, this is amazing. Uh, Then Fortnite took the shift to Battle Royale. And that was where, I mean, 
we're in 2020. You all know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just completely blew away the competition. No one else has even come close to the popularity of Fortnite since then, I don't think. Um, it's pretty yeah, insane then, what they it's were been... doing companies just chasing that dollar sign you know the the battle royale dollar sign trying to to hit that same success that fortnite had uh in in it's quite a few games have kind of uh built up quite a big following but I, I don't think that anybody will ever touch the monolith that fortnite has has became it's uh, just it, what they they're able to put into the game constantly they have mm-hmm. concerts and uh trailer reveals and everything like in the game uh, movie i i've never been huge in the Fortnite. i i remember playing with joel because this is around the time me and him were both uh writing for that video game blog and uh where we met each other and i i remember we were playing Fortnite, and i'm like i am awful at this i'm not in the battle royales joel's over here like sniping people (laughs) dude i i was super into Fortnite for a while there like I was streaming it like every day, every weekend. I like there would be times when I would have like over a hundred viewers watching me play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. I just give me your best I, Fortnite dance. My best one. Do it. I could do the. Uh, I, I, no. Do it right uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like I used to Joel have over hundred people for watching me at times, and I just burnt myself out on that game so much, uh, and it got annoying honestly streaming it because it was all little kids watching me Mm -hmm. and so i had to like Mm -hmm. censor myself all the time and then like these kids would find out what my gamer tag was and like i could literally pull up my messages on xbox now just hundreds of messages from kids like hey can i play can i play like i would have to like mute my notifications it was rough but i mean i enjoyed the game back then and then but now they've done so much with it to where if i were to go back it would feel like a completely different game almost like yeah. I said, I'm not, I was never huge in the Fortnite, but I will say probably the coolest moment of this generation, I think, was when they had their season one ending thing where everyone got uh, sucked into the vacuum of space or whatever it was. Yeah. Remember that? It was, I like, I, that is such a cool thing that has never happened before. Those type of live events, yeah. I mean, you, you haven't seen anybody really crack the code in the way that epic did in uh number one updating i mean i I totally agree it's non-stop content all the time which is awesome uh but number two you know bringing some kind of live experience on that level uh of of interactivity uh in in the same way that they have you know destiny's tried it with a few of their events um call of duty i think has done it a few times but Nothing. I, I, I and, and that's that's the thing for Fortnite for me. I'm I'm not into the game at all. Never was. Not my thing. But uh, you know, I can absolutely respect what they've done there because it's it really is an incredible achievement uh, to do what they've done. Absolutely. Okay. Um, a couple more uh, games here that were notable. Assassin's Creed Origins. This was where the series really changed from what it was before into more RPG. Uh, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, What Remains of Edith Finch, Prey, Call of Duty World War II, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. I still remember <laughs> that game. I, I I wasn't crazy into it, but I just remember working at Disc Replay at the time, and it released, and just constantly getting the stupid prank calls. 
Hey, uh, what's the sequel to the South Park game? <sighs> the fractured butthole. <laughs> Click. Literally, they would do that? Yeah, I had yeah, it happen. It happened all the time. It was so annoying. Like, cool. Good job, kid. Yeah, um, I was at my old store with GameStop then, too. And, yeah, no, 100% can confirm cackling children all the time. Oh my Absolutely. God. Okay, uh, Sonic Mania, uh, Miller Shadow of War, which was kind of a disappointment. Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, uh, and then we'll... Oh, Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy. Uh, Crash Bandicoot made his comeback there, and that was a pretty big game. And then Star Wars Battlefront 2 and all the controversy around loot boxes and just how... That that was really the turn for microtransactions and loot boxes. Uh, that, that was the point where everyone was like, that is not how you handle this. We have to move away. Things have to be better. Since then, now you start seeing all these conversations of lawsuits and laws being put into place because of just how bad EA handled that situation. It was so bad they almost lost the Star Wars license. All right. Uh, moving on to 2018. Uh, I think the... There, there's two specific big games that you have to talk about when you talk about 2018. Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War. I mean, let's just face it. Those games are both amazing in very different respects. Um, God of War was my personal favorite game that year. I still love it. I, I still think about going back to it a lot. Same. I've been wanting to go back and maybe clean up stuff for the Platinum. I know those Valkyries people said were a bitch. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm literally just sitting on the last Valkyrie, and I cannot bring <laughs> myself to fight her. It's literally throwing your head against a brick wall. All right. Uh, also releasing that year, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, uh, Celeste, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Far Cry 5, Dragon Ball Fighters or Fighter Z. I can never remember what it is. <laughs> But uh, that was actually a really cool fighting game. I, I enjoyed it, being a Dragon Ball fan. Uh, Forza Horizon 4, Tetris Effect. Uh, a little game that I fell in love with earlier this year, Donut County. Detroit Become Human, A Way Out, Hitman 2. And let's see. Oh, <laughs> so you got Sea of Thieves. And then uh, this is a game I kind of want to talk about. Uh, Fallout 76. Uh, Joel, uh, I, I want to, I, I know we talked about it on the podcast forever ago. Tell me your story with Fallout 76 and your pre-ordering of the collector's edition or whatever it was called. Um, so I pre-ordered it. Um, <laughs> it came in the mail and the bag. So what it came with was like, you know, the helmet that was advertised everywhere. Like they advertised this canvas bag to come with it. And then a, like, poster and, like, some, basically, like, those little wax, like, plastic army men that, you know, were, like, of characters in the game and stuff. And the bag that it came with was this shitty fucking, like, I don't even know what material it was. It was so bad. My girlfriend used it to go to the gym twice. <laughs> and the second time she got there, the zipper just ripped off of it. Like, when she opened the bag. Um, so, yeah, it was a whole thing where they, like had a whole like kind of refund it wasn't a refund it was like a uh, exchange program where you yeah. would verify i remember i went on their on the bethesda website 
verified my purchase by like submitting my receipt, which was like an Amazon screenshot or something. Um, and then they sent me the cloth bag and it's the cloth bag is really nice. I actually have it like over in my living room, uh, with the helmet inside, but yeah, it's the cloth. I mean, they made up for it, I guess, um, mm-hmm. in terms of the collector's edition, but like the game itself was very lackluster for a long time. I enjoyed my time with it. I feel like I got my money's worth out of it, um, for like a $60 game, but I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people, it wasn't what they were expecting because people are used to this kind of Fallout experience that's more so like Fallout 3 and 4 where you have all the NPCs everywhere. And they've actually kind of updated the game now to where it does have NPCs again. So I have kind seen of that it's of, making a comeback. Yeah, it's kind of has that more of a natural Fallout experience. But yeah, we'll see uh, kind of whenever it comes to Game Pass, it. maybe I'll actually give it a try. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it for what it is. I don't know. It's fun to play with friends for sure. I just remember the whole controversy around it. Pretty much you couldn't go anywhere in 2018 without hearing about how Bethesda had messed up something different that day. Yeah, and and then there was a whole other thing where the helmet that came with that collector's edition, they had like a reskin version that GameStop was selling. Mm -hmm. That was like I remember this. And that one had like lead paint on it or something. No, it was molding. Oh, they yeah. were molding inside. Yeah, they were molding inside because they, they never sent them with the silica packets. So they would get full of moisture when shipping overseas. And oh they, a bunch of them would develop with mold in, inside of them. So you'd get them and it would just be like black mold inside mm. of it. So our order when we got those in uh, was to immediately send those back. I've never gotten yeah. an email so fast. <laughs> I, I remember that. That, that it, was when I started at GameStop. And just to, the funny thing uh, about that we, is like... The, those things are not small. So, like, to send no. all those back is probably so expensive. Yes, those boxes are fucking massive. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. You just absolutely triggered my anxiety. <laughs> all right, uh, moving on to 2019. Uh, we won't spend too much time on this in 2020 because, well, we recently lived it. Uh, Death Stranding, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Control, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which I know Connor is a big fan of, Resident Evil 2, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Devil May Cry 5, The Outer Worlds, Apex Legends, which was where I really got into Battle Royale, Borderlands 3, Kingdom Hearts 3, Gears 5, Mortal Kombat 11, Untitled Goose Game, The Outer Wilds, Division 2, and uh, yeah, that's probably it for like the big games. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, which took home some awards and then uh, a, a little game that I really enjoyed a plague tale innocence. Um, I don't think there's much for us to talk about that. We haven't said like not that long ago, so we can just move on to 2020. If you guys are cool. That's cool with me. All right. So 2020, uh, if you guys haven't noticed, there's a pandemic going on and uh, some stuff is happening, but we did get the last of us part two, doom eternal, the final fantasy seven remake, which is the, first part of yes. what might three, end up th- in th- like three, three parts games. i think they said yeah something like that uh, ghost of tsushima which joel has talked about a lot recently marvel's avengers which we have dogged on and loved and hated and everything in between there uh watchdogs legions and then of course we have the games releasing around the time of the new console launch of cyberpunk 2077 hold on we're we're assuming cyberpunk is coming out in 2020 maybe (laughs) (laughs) um spider-man miles morales 
uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Yakuza, Like a Dragon, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Uh, oh, I should also shout out to Half-Life Alex because that was like the first VR game that I feel like is a must-buy for VR users, right? No, I think Beat Saber is that game. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll give you Beat Saber, but like Half-Life Alex is like the first like triple A game. Where Beat Saber is more like a indie kind of... It's a fun party game to play, but Half-Life Alex like has so much more to it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, one's. It's, I'm not it's, saying it's one's better first, than the other. It's definitely the first like story-driven VR game. That yeah, that, that's what I'm trying like to get at here. By. But yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of games this generation that are all a lot worth of stories, noting. a lot of games. So I guess with that, we're going to go into kind of talking about our f- top three games. Yeah, let's do each. it. Top three. I'll start. I'll start because yeah. we already talked about one of them. <clears throat> we I'm not putting threes? mine in any. I'm not putting mine oh, in any on. particular Because he's a coward. I'm a coward, coward. all right? Uh, all so right. one of mine is Sunset Overdrive. I yeah. absolutely fucking... I loved that game. That game's so good. Like, the art style, the gameplay, the tra- the traversing in that game, like, it had such Jet Set Radio Future vibes yes. to it when you're grinding on, like, those power lines and everything. Um, man, I played so much of that game. Like, the humor in that game was great. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That that game the was like humor, a ten out of ten for me. I absolutely love Sunset Overdrive. I, I think Sunset Overdrive walks so Spider Man could run. Like yeah. that was such a perfect jump off point mm-hmm. for Insomniac and everything. Yeah, I, I really Spider Man is a notable we see something with that IP in, in the future because it was so cool, just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but loved Spider-Man all the like comic a... things, the like pow zip zow, and then yeah. oh the death animations and I mean the respawning animations were so great there was like 50 of them you could get a the random different one guns like in there time. i mean all just, of the guns were great i i just remember so one miss one mission in particular where it was like you have to do something by like jumping on a car and like it would kill a bunch of like those zombie things or mm-hmm. i forget what they were called but like you i remember every time you would jump on a car to kill zombies like the announcer would be like super bounce or whatever he said and they'd be like super mega bounce and every time he did it he would just add another word <laughs> to where it was like him saying like 12 words before saying bounce it was so funny that game was so great connor what's your number three? Oh man i agonized over this list and i am actually going to make a, an adjustment to it right here at the end so i'm going to put firewatch uh at my number three uh it's a game from campo santo it is a, in layman's terms, a walking simulator uh, for it. But it is such an incredibly well-built experience that it, it genuinely ended up being one of my favorite games uh, of this generation. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's on my list. Um, so it launched in uh, 2016. Uh, and then came, there was actually a re-release of it on Switch in 2018. So if you're looking to play it, give it a shot. But... Uh, it's a very hyper-stylized, like, cell-shaded um, walking simulator set in the middle of nowhere. You're in a forest. You are uh, you signed up for Firewatch duty, so you're, you're going to be sitting in a tower for a couple of weeks, and you're just watching the forest and making sure there's no fires or anything. And what transpires during that period is just such an incredibly moving and touching story where... Honestly, I would compare it to the movie Up. Uh, Up, for me, has always been one of those movies that has a very emotional string that it tugs on the entire time, and that's Firewatch. Uh, From the the main character's backstory to 
your interactions with Delilah to uh, the different mysteries that you solve in the forest when you're out and about and exploring. It's just such an incredible experience. The, the vibe of it is great. The look of it is great. I mean, I, I really wish this game would have got some more praise because it really is uh, just such a cool experience front to back. I mean, the, the storytelling they do in there without having any other characters is so incredibly impactful. And for that, I tip my hat. You're my number three. All right. My number three is doom 2016. Uh, so th- before this, I had never really been a huge fan of doom. I would played the older games and everything. And I was like, okay, cool. Acknowledge how important they were for the video game industry and what they did for first person shooters and everything, but I'd never gotten into them. And, I remember not really knowing Doom 2016 was releasing until like a month beforehand and the beta dropped and I played it and I was like, oh no, (laughs) like this, I'm going to be putting a lot of hours into this. It it was so much like Unreal Tournament, uh, the multiplayer was, and I loved every single second of it. Uh, the the story itself was amazing. The gore, rip and tear. Like, I absolutely love this game. I thought about putting Doom Eternal in here, but the thing that, that pushed that one back for me is the multiplayer, how they completely took it out and replaced it with what they call Battle Mode, which is just two people playing demons against one Doom Slayer, and it's not great. I definitely do not like it at all and i wish they would have gone back to what they had but it is what it is um yeah doom 2016 is absolutely brilliant let's talk about that soundtrack man oh baby crazy man so good the best soundtracks of all time period absolutely Uh, moving on to my number two uh for me i'm gonna give it to celeste because that is a game that hit me completely off guard like those are type of game that's the type of game that i don't typically enjoy and something about the way that game is written and the music in that game it hit me so hard in the feels it's crazy like i was so determined to beat that game and even with how challenging it was like typically when a game gets as hard as that one does at times i'll just give up like like i'll feel no investment because i think i played it on game pass i didn't even buy it so like I literally had zero money into it, but I was so determined to beat it just because I wanted to see the story. Like I needed to see how it ended. I don't know. I like I, me and John talked about this game a lot in the, on the podcast previously. And I don't know. I thought the story just like was very perfect for what the game was. It told such a good story about, you know, what's the main chick's name? I can't even remember. Madeline. Madeline. Yeah. And she's climbing Mount Celeste and it just kind of focuses on her, uh, travels you know and her like kind of mental illness that she's dealing with uh, and she feels alone through the whole thing so i just i don't know i thought it was a really good story for me as somebody who like i don't really have much anxiety or anything that game gave me so much anxiety with like the intense music and the challenge of you know getting those strawberries and you know just beating the levels and everything but just yeah, a I'm quick gonna, honorable thought... mention before we jump into another one, but a, a game that gave me a very similar feeling was Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. Oh, uh, God. the the pot and sledgehammer game. Oh. Yep. Did you did you play that? No, I don't oh, even know. What that it is. looked dumb and oh, it looked bad. It was not dumb. It it really it was, was an interesting dumb. experience. <laughs> but 
You want to talk get about that out of here because we're talking Celeste. I'm jumping in here because <laughs> Celeste is also my number two favorite oh, nice. game. Oh, geez. Okay. Because pretty much everything Joel said, the story in this was amazing. As a person that I have fought anxiety my entire life, and it's really affected me badly. Um, I was held back in kindergarten because I was too afraid to talk to people. I dealt with so many stomach issues for years that really held me back and everything. Celeste is a special game. It is absolutely the perfect game for someone like me. A person that like really loves platformers and there's the challenges and oh man, that soundtrack is just absolutely beautiful. It's Madeline good. Yeah, Madeline is an awesome character. Uh, recently, uh, uh, the guy's name, Matt Thorson. I guess I shouldn't say guy. Uh, Matt makes games. Is, Matt makes games. Uh, he like recently came out and like really talked about how uh, when he was writing Madeline, it was like him. And he came out as transgender and showing that Madeline is transgender. And that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, he, he, that's, he, he goes by Maddie now. Yeah, he goes by Maddie. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that game is special. That's really all I have to say about that. Uh, the relationship between Madeline and Theo, uh, the like conversations with the darker side of her and just that platforming is so good. And, uh, I love that game so much, man. It's great. It's been on yeah. my list forever, but it, it might shock you to hear that I haven't played it. Uh, it. it's on game pass now. I did read yeah, that that's... that uh, article though with with Maddie and when she talked about you know apparently it's been a thing in the community like people have wondered for a long time whether or not this was like a a trans story uh, or mm. so and its ambiguity I think lends to good storytelling because people can kind of interpret it in their own lens which I think is important mm. to good storytelling uh, but that said reading that article definitely made me want to jump in and uh, give it a try so i think on your recommendation i'll have to take it absolutely give it a shot. what's your number two so i agonize over this one uh i'm gonna move one to the honorable mention and i'm gonna say uncharted 4 uh is gonna be my number two uh uncharted 4 was just a a very well thought out experience the entire time and not only that i they took the the moment to really nail down that naughty dog magic and from front to back make you experience everything that Nathan does the entire time. And I really feel like that is kind of the penultimate uh, uncharted experience. Um, there's even little things in there that I, I think are looking back now, obviously not as big, but it was clearly some building blocks for where the game industry is nowadays. For instance, the rope on the front of the, the Jeep, uh, their big thing in, in marketing was that that rope will never cut through anything like it's it's never going to like pass through Nate or something like it just showed that they really had a an extra level of attention to detail that other developers might not have you know taken the step for uh, in the way that they did. I mean, he, he just passes it behind his back and it's silly to focus on a rope, but um, that entire game is is just. A, a wonderful experience front to back. The tutorial mission where you're set up in the house with the Nerf gun and you've got to shoot all the different targets and stuff mm -hmm. uh, is incredibly charming to the, the Crash Bandicoot throwback that I think is is responsible for Crash coming back, uh, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. And uh, all the way to when, when the credits roll and it plays the... This game's very old, so I'm going to spoil it. But uh, 
when you're in that beach scene and and you know you you take over Nate's daughter for a short time, it just the story it tells is so incredible and in so so awesomely human uh, that for me it's 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 a it's a very important video game uh, it, 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 just in terms of technology advancements storytelling and and everything they set out to do they absolutely nailed with that game and for me it's number two. I played through all four of the main uh, Uncharted games this generation for the first time. And yeah, I think with every single game, they get better. The first one, definitely kind of generic. Didn't Number age two, well. Un- Uncharted 2, a lot of people still love and say it's their favorite. It was okay. It was better than one, but I was like, eh. Uncharted 3, I really enjoyed. I I yes. really liked that game. And then I got the Uncharted 4 and I was just blown away. That game is big. Everything you said, it's really good. It's great. I love the animations. This was like really the the like animations you see in The Last of Us Part Two are unmatched. Absolutely, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but Uncharted Four was where you could see Naughty Dog like take that next step, and this was like, oh, this is a cinematic. This could be a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when when even just watching that game is is such an incredible experience uh, to to see how characters interact with the environment. I totally agree. I think the groundwork for Last of Us Part Two was laid entirely in Uncharted Four because they they stepped up their game in a way that I don't think anybody was expecting, uh, especially coming off the heels of you know obviously quite a few years prior, but Last of Us, uh, you know, just back to back bangers, man awesome studio joel number one um think about it your absolute favorite game because you put these in a list my number one is definitely god of war like that's the one out of these three that i can definitely say that is my favorite game of this generation of you know between those three that i kind of laid out that's the one absolutely is my number one i just i could not stop playing that game when it came out I could not stop. The story was so good. The gameplay was amazing. Just the feeling of fucking throwing that goddamn axe. Yo, still one of the best feelings in the game industry. Yeah, absolutely. Just that game. The pacing of it was great. And this is me. I'm someone I've never played any other God of War game ever. So like, I wasn't somebody who kind of like was. I wasn't expecting anything out of this. Whereas there were people who, you know, were big fans of the old God of War games, but, you know, obviously that the the way they were running, I guess, were just kind of, it was worn out in a way. Because, like, they put out so many games so quick, all with the same kind of, like, angry um, kind of feeling and style to it. But this one was just... It became a like, very generic uh, third-person action game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, like, this one, like, not having played the other ones, it was great. Like Mm -hmm. just the story, like you're an old man, Kratos, essentially, Um, you know, you're with your son the whole time. The number of times he says boy, phenomenal boy. But yeah, like the the opening of that game sets the pace perfectly where like it's kind of it's very somber, like, you know, kind of eerie feeling. And then what's the guy's fight with the stranger? I can't remember his name. Balder. That's it. The fight with him at the beginning is so cool. Yeah. It sets the pace so perfectly. It's like, all right, this shit just got real time Mm. to go off an adventure. But yeah, yeah, that that game was amazing. uh, I had never touched any. Oh, okay. I 
started God of War 1, but I didn't play very long, like maybe a half hour. Uh, I just didn't care about Kratos. God of War made me care about Kratos. It completely reinvented him. Like the, and, and, and that was the thing. It wasn't, it reinvented him, but not with a reboot, but like continuing the story, which was so crazy to me. Um, yeah, you said he, he takes care of Atreus. Atreus is, he's a pretty good side character there. Um, there is definitely a section of the game where I'm like, I hate Atreus. Uh, but that's, that's, uh, a, a different conversation. Um, yeah, no, that game is great. Uh, my only problem with it is the boss fights. Well, the, the too many fights against the like troll things, because it's just the same exact fight over and over. You do it like five or six times throughout the campaign. Other than that though, that game is absolutely brilliant. I'll, uh, I'll jump in here and take, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Easy. I'll take next slot I because I, God of War is also my number one. Uh, nice. I'll say real quick, I think I gave it a 10 out of 10 for that video game blog when I reviewed yeah. it. Yeah, it just, you know, w- what you said is absolutely correct. It's from front to back, a great experience, you know, exploring Kratos' relationship with Atreus all the way through their, their trials and tribulations on this this journey that you get sucked up. And, and wrapped into and and you just end up so much more invested in these characters than you expected to be uh, throughout their entire journey and it doesn't really try that hard to make you care about them you know you're you're really almost a, a passenger uh, along in this story where where you're just you know riding there uh, and th- the whole time is is just I, I I'm still in shock. The, the the writing that, that that game has uh front to back the the lack of any kind of cutscenes the the non-stop flow that game has it's it's one of the first games that really made me feel like a real-time video game isn't a bad thing uh because in in and what I mean by real time is something that doesn't have jump cuts skip cuts or anything like that like you're experiencing pace by pace by pace everything that the character does and I've never seen somebody execute it to this level of attention to detail uh that they did for this game I mean Santa Monica and and Corey Balrog just absolutely killed it Kratos is yeah. hateable at first he becomes likable Atreus you go back and forth on and I think at the end of the day the thing that makes me love the game so much is that it's human it's it's so emphatically human uh it's it's entire course and these aren't even human characters i mean they're meant to be mm-hmm. gods but you you really explore uh the the psyche of these characters and it's so much more than just a action game or a hack and slash or uh, a shitty puzzler or or anything else that it tries to be you know and for that i i, I couldn't think of a single other game that I would stack anywhere near it this generation on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Yeah, yeah the, the, I, the idea they had for it was that the whole thing was essentially one take. Like, it was yeah, meant to feel yeah. like every like everything you were watching was just all the same camera just going through the whole game. Yep. From playing the game to going into a cutscene, it was just seamless. Uh, and yep. they fucking pulled it off, man, with no cuts. I, uh, yeah, it, it's really amazing when you consider just how close they were to like just canceling Kratos in general. Like this was the yeah. game God of War needed. Otherwise God of War isn't around anymore. And uh, needless to say, I'm really fucking pumped for that sequel to come out. Yeah. <laughs> I, looking back on it, I, I really can't even think about things that 
I didn't like on it. I mean, the loot system was fine, although it wasn't my favorite part of the game. It wasn't great. Yeah. I had no complaints whatsoever. I don't think it was overbearing. I don't think it was an issue. The the what, what are their names? Um, Brock and Sindri, uh, the vendors. How could I forget Brock and yeah. Sindri? I love Brock and Sindri. <laughs> Uh, they were pretty cool. You know, everybody involved in that story is is so fleshed out and they all have their own motivations. And it's very clear that this is a living, breathing world that Kratos and Atreus are journeying through. And I'm, I'm, I was so glad to be a part of it. Cool. All right. Uh, no surprise. My number one is Overwatch. Um, <laughs> saw that coming. Yeah, that I mean, I've just put countless hours into the game. Um, I love the outside lore of the game. I love all the animations. I love all of the different characters. I love everything about this game except for the online community. But I'm not going to put that on the game Which itself. Is, I was going to say, isn't that like 90% of the game? That That is, but <laughs> you can mute people. I am talking about just purely the game here. I love it. I love the way the characters interact with each other. I love all the little hints they put into the environment for the lore. I just everything about this. I'm still holding out hope that we get that uh, that Netflix Overwatch uh, series that was rumored a year ago, I think, or maybe it was earlier this year. Um, yeah, I just I, Overwatch is easily my number one for this generation. I would certainly put it pretty high on a list. Uh, you know, obviously for me, I don't have the same connection, but you, you want to talk about storytelling, man. Uh, that the, For a game that effectively has no story uh, inside of it that you can play through uh, in a traditional sense, it is one of the most well-thought-out universes I've ever seen. From their animations to their comic books to their uh, cutscenes that they have introducing seasons and stuff, It's it's just... Wow. Yeah, I, I agree. O Overwatch is incredible. You know, I, I don't play a lot of it anymore, but all of the characters feel like they matter. You know, there, there's nobody that's left behind. Yep. So, yeah, yeah that I'm, was... I'm, I'm excited to see when oh. this virtual BlizzCon event happens beginning of next year. February, uh, see, I think. See what Overwatch 2, what kind of update we have on that. Yeah, there's a rumor that there's going to be a beta that launches alongside that, and I think I saw... A, a leak that uh, it it's supposed to come out in like March or April, something like that. I we're could due. be wrong on that. We're What's due that for another Overwatch? We're due for uh, uh, two two point oh. Oh, Overwatch two. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. So yeah, that's our all of our top threes individually. Uh, let's take a few minutes here to like really go into some uh, honorable mentions. Uh, we definitely have missed some games. Uh, there anything that like what? What else was on your guys's list that you didn't include? Joel, you want to go first, or you want me to? Yeah, I'll go. Like one of okay. mine is is a game called That Dragon Cancer. I don't know if either of you played okay. it. I, I um, haven't played it, but I know about it. It was a very kind of story driven experience. I'd say it wasn't long. I want to say it was like two or three hours. Um, where you? So, so the creators of the game, I forget. I can't think of their names, but. They made this game because it was based on a true story. Um, so they had a son who had cancer, and this is a game that they made of how they felt at certain times through their son's life. Um, it's like kind of making me emotional because it was a very emotional game. Like 
I, I don't know how to describe it. It was just such a good game for what it was. Like they made me as somebody who like, I've never experienced something like this, like kind of understand just a little bit of how they felt as parents experiencing this with their son. Um, but yeah, that was, that was an emotional wreck for me of a game to play. And I definitely should play it again. Cause I've only played it the one time and I haven't had the guts to go back and play it again, but that game was great. Anything else you want to just throw out there? Like just game titles. I mean, S- Spider-Man for sure was an honorable mention for me. Cause like I said, I love sunset overdrive and Spider-Man mm. is kind of like the evolution of that in a way. It is. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I love Spider-Man. I got the platinum in that. Love that game to death. I don't know. There's just so many games. Like There are. Like, I played the fuck out of Fortnite, so I guess that's kind of one, too. Like, I played a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of have to throw it in there just because of my hours played. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's so many good games this generation. Connor? And, yeah, oh, no, sorry. I, Are you still going, Joel? I was just going to say, not to mention the games from last generation that I finally played this generation. Like, the last oh, ones, okay. all the yeah. Uncharted games I didn't play until I got a PS4. So, okay. yeah. I'm yeah, right I, I mentioned one of them earlier, Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, fantastic RPG, front to back. I mean, it's it's another great uh, world-building exercise um, that I spent a lot of time in. Uh, aside from that, Donut County absolutely one of those games that i mentioned i i have never had a better hour of of game time in my entire life than donut county it's 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 so simple and yet so relaxing (laughs) yes it's it's you know the the premise for it is nonsensical it's a bunch of raccoons that control basically a black hole in the ground that pulls a bunch of stuff in and you control the hole. You're just dragging this hole around. And when I first heard about it, I was like, man, that seems kind of silly. But uh, as a puzzler, uh, it's it's interesting enough where you – you it's almost the um, Katamari Damachi thing where you have to focus on little things to grow to larger things. Uh, and, and that's really the premise for this hole. But the story it tells throughout is is very whimsical, very silly, and it's, it's really just a – a wonderful uh, exercise in what games can be when when they don't take themselves super seriously, you know. And mm. uh, so for that one, yeah, absolutely incredible video game. And the last one I'd mention, um, I'm sure there's plenty more that I, I can't even think of. Obviously, Spider-Man, you know, uh, all the great games of the generation. But uh, I would put Untitled Goose Game on there. Uh, again, very whimsical, very silly, very funny. But I found that some of my favorite video game experiences over the past, uh, you know, uh, majority of a decade have been these types of indie experiences that push the boundary of what it is to be a video game uh, and, and what video games can focus on, uh, what what players can do and interact with. And those two games to me kind of push the envelope f- pretty far, uh, you know, uh, for that stuff. I, I would probably put a way out up there, too. I think A Way Out's real cool. Uh, you know, I, I certainly don't think it's one of the best games of all time, but that idea of of bringing back multiplayer in that way and being intrinsically focused on a two player experience is is just really cool. And I and I love to see that type of innovation uh, from the indie scene because obviously I don't think the AAA scene's hitting that very hard these days. 
uh, unfortunately. But yeah, those three in, in particular really stick out to me as some of the other great games of this uh, past generation worth yeah, talking D- about. Donut County is a game that I've been wanting to play since it came out. I just <sighs> never got around to it. It's so good, man. It's like an hour, hour and a half at most. It's it's not a long experience. It's incredibly relaxing, like John said. And it's funny. It's It's genuinely funny. That game made me cackle a couple of times. It's good. Yep. Um, uh, I'm gonna go right into A Way Out because I think it definitely is one of the best games of the generation. Sure. I I reviewed this for that video game blog, and I remember I brought Joel in to help me play through it, and man, we just had such a good time. I I, I, I want to note that me and John had started the game separate with different people. <laughs> yeah. And both of the people that we were playing with separate, like, did well, they weren't as committed to beating the game like the weekend it came out as me and John were. So then we started playing together. It just turns out that me and John were at the same exact point in the game when we like, like, yeah, we didn't have to start over or anything. I I, I think John joined me and I was like, this is where I'm at in the game. Have you already done this? And John's like, this is literally where I stopped. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, man, that's perfect. It was pretty crazy. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I just really want to give a shout out to the split screen functionality of that game because the entire game is in split screen at all times like that is so cool even even uh, when me and john are playing online it's split screen yeah yeah that was so cool so you can always see what the other person is doing you can talk and everything you can do the little mini games in there the story is great the ending gutted me uh joel which one of us won that i don't remember i don't remember either that I was a while ago yeah it was a while ago but oh man that that game was great uh i also have on here sonic mania because I am a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan, and Sonic Mania is, in my opinion, the best Sonic the Hedgehog game. Uh, it was a great return to the form for, and a great callback. The announcement for it was amazing. Uh, I just really hope that we get a Sonic Mania 2, and I really hope whatever Sega is working on for Sonic's anniversary next year, uh, I hope it's big and great. Um yeah, that's pretty much really all I can think of off the top of my head. There's so many games, man, and I love so many. a ton of them. Yeah, so I don't yeah, know. it's it's weird to look back on like kind of how far we've come since 2013, essentially, when this generation Absolutely. started. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So let's move on, John. You got a quiz for us? All right, Professor boys. Johnny, it's the midterm. I, I no, am. No, John. this is the final. This is the final. <laughs> I am. I am your professor today, John the Quizmaster. Um, so yeah, I have this sectioned off into three different categories. Each one will have a different uh, rule set. But uh, right off here at the beginning, these are just going to be general trivia questions. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll ask the question. I'll go to one of you. Both of you will get a chance to answer. Um, but I'll, I'll alternate. So it's not always like the same thing and everything. And I've got my tally right here for your scores. You guys ready? Yeah. Yes. How many questions right. you got here? Just out of curiosity. Sorry, what? How many questions are there total? Um, 316. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> There's quite a few, but they're not, it, it's. Nothing too terrible. But, uh, guys, do you guys think you know the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One? Definitely. I I think I I do. I I definitely know the Xbox more than the PS4. I know of them. I've played them. (laughs) All right. So, question one. 
What video game character was made into a drone and flew the Snoop Dogg to deliver a copy of their game? Uh, we're going to start off with Connor. A video game character was made into a drone and then flew to Snoop Dogg. Oh, God. Um, I, like, faintly remember whatever this is, but I don't remember the specifics behind it, so I, I'm, I'm going to pass that one. I don't know. Okay. Joel? I have no idea. Oh, man, not a good start. Spyro the Dragon. When the Star oh, Reignited yes. trilogy came out, they made a Spyro the Dragon drone, <laughs> flew with the Snoop Dogg, and he's there. He's like, hey, there he is. Blow some fire for me, nephew. <laughs> and they, like, put a flamethrower on it. Like, I don't know if that's even legal, but they did it, and it's amazing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, definitely look up the video for it. Uh, okay, uh, this... Uh, question the second. This game's big marketing push on this next-gen title, at, at the time it was next-gen, uh, was its Tress Effects. Joel, Tress let's effects? go with you. Tre- here, let... Go ahead. Uh, I will... I will <laughs> I'm going to look up the real name for it here real quick, because... I'm I don't know sure if, what the fuck you're talking about, man. This I, I will give you both a hint here. This is a game that originally released on 360 and PS3, but it came to PS4 and Xbox One, and this was like the big thing for selling the game. So, is it a pass? Yeah, I don't know what the fuck a Tress Effect is, so... <laughs> Connor? Yeah, you've got me. Uh, can, can you define Tress Effect for us? Tress Effects is okay. Yes, it is called Tress Effects. Tress FX. Okay, um, it okay. makes it so the hair movement is more natural. Sure. Like uh, more buzzer. Buzz. 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 All right. Uh, is ahead, it Witcher Three? Joel, do you have anything? Nothing. Wrong, Connor. It was Tomb Raider: The Definitive Edition. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I was thinking of the NVIDIA hair works in uh, yep. Witcher 3. Uh, that was a big thing back then, too. Gotcha. All right. This one's a little easier. I expect both of you to get this. Uh, starting with Connor. Um, this game maybe took over the title or the crown as the best-selling video game ever. Oh, uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. Joel? Minecraft. It's Minecraft. That's one point yeah. for Joel. You said maybe. What, what does that mean? What does maybe mean? <laughs> so maybe because I believe it did. So wait, Tetris. What? Wait, what? what do you mean? Hold on. That's hold on. a definitive uh, metric. That's a definitive give, metric. Give, you can no, literally wait, hold this on up. Shut up. All right. Because people include every single version of Tetris as one game. So oh, a lot of people sure. consider that yeah. as the best selling game ever. I don't consider it that. Yeah. You see right. what I mean? I yeah, call I bullshit, it. but okay, move on. And the Grand Theft Auto records were first to a billion within like three days. Yeah, but isn't it like weekend, top three or something on, on highest selling uh, of all time? It's it's, it's up there. there. Yeah, yeah, sure. But make me feel better with one. another one. Give me a better question. Okay, uh, well, first we're going to Joel here. <laughs> oh, this is, a, this is a very easy one. You're both going to get this. This game was announced in 2012 and might release in 2020. (laughs) 
I have no idea. Is it Cyberpunk? Buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> Connor. Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, okay. Th- th- that was announced in 2012? It was yeah. announced in 2012. Jesus. That's a point for both of you. Oh, man. If you got that one wrong, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Now, the Connor. How many Xbox 360 games are backwards compatible on the Xbox One as of today? Um, and, and for this one, I, I will say... Closest uh, number gets uh, it? Closest number gets it. Yes. Okay. 900. Joel? 901. No. <laughs> Connor gets it because Damn. it is 577. <laughs> I tried to price his right, you, Connor. <laughs> yeah, you it did. Work. I was worried. All right. Uh, same rule set here. How many original Xbox games are playable on Xbox One? Uh, we'll start with Joel. How many original? Yep. Mm, I'm going to guess... 100. Connor? 30. Connor gets it again. It is 42. Yay! I knew it was low. I knew it wasn't a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one here for the like general trivia. What is the terminology EA uses for microtransactions? Start with Connor. What what the do they call microtransactions? They don't call it loot boxes. They don't call it microtransactions. They call it something yeah. else. Um, God, I know this one. Uh Mm. It's it's escaping me. Uh Joel, take it. I don't know. Honestly, like I, I know what it is. Purchase or something like that. Is that a give up on both? Yeah. They call it surprise mechanics. Oh, oh fuck yes. Fuck I forgot that story. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Oh my god. Okay. Um all right. So next round I am going to name a video game character. You need to tell me what video game they are in. Um, All except for one of these, and I'll mention which one it is. Um, All except for one of these are in one video game. Okay? Okay. Um, Starting... Okay, who who took that last... It's Joel's turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Starting with Joel. Atreus. God of War. Connor? God of War. Yep, that's starting out easy here. Um, Connor, Trevor Phillips. Uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Joel? GTA V. Yep. Uh, okay, we... Madeline. Joel? Celeste. <laughs> Connor? Celeste, yeah. Yep, yep, okay. Uh, here's a little tougher one. Connor, Baroness von Bonbon. <laughs> Can you repeat that? Baroness von Bonbon. Ah, oh, that sounds like a Borderlands character. I'm going to say Borderlands. Joel? Pass. It is Cuphead. Oh, sure. Okay. She's, yeah. Okay. She's the the pink lady that throws out like candy and sweets and she's I'm has not good enough to beat Cuphead, so. <laughs> uh, uh, Joel. Kiro. Kiro? Is that Assassin's Creed Origins? Connor? Can you spell it? 
K-U-R-O. Uh, yeah, I'll just take Joel's guess on <clears throat> Sanskrit Origins. I got nothing. It's Ori in the Blind Forest. It's the okay. giant owl, the antagonist of the game. Uh, Joel, Die Hard Man. It's Connor's turn. Oh, sorry. Connor, Die Hard Man. Sure, Death Stranding. It's Joel. Death Stranding. Yep. Do, do, do. Uh, Joel, Gabriel Reyes. Gabriel Reyes. Oh, that's Telltale's Walking Dead um, Electric Boogaloo. I don't know. The, the newest <laughs> one. Connor. The, the... New Frontier. There you go. Yeah, Walking Dead New Frontier, right? Wrong. Overwatch. It is Reaper. Oh, <laughs> shit. I, I knew that God, guy's I... name in, in Walking Dead is Gabriel, wasn't it? Isn't it Gabe or something? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. I don't know what guy you're talking about. The, the you guy know, who Gabriel was like the Reyes. Ex, ex-baseball player in The Walking Dead. Oh, no, I don't think it's Gabriel. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think that's it, it. It would be funny if his name was Gabriel Reyes. and we. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> we were both right. At, at the end of this, uh, if they're, I don't know. Look it up while I ask this one. Uh, right. Whose turn is it? Connor's? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Natalie Paquette. Life is strange. Joel? What was the name? Sorry. Natalie Paquette. Mm, pass. It is Watson from Apex. Okay. All right. You're really hitting that's, us here. That's okay. our okay. real name. Okay. Going back to that Walking Dead, his name's Javier, not Gabriel. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I didn't think it was Gabriel. Um, okay, this is the one that is in two games. Uh, starting off with Joel here. Samuel Hayden. Fuck. I'm trying to think. Is that a Metal Gear Solid game? Metal Gear Solid 5? Is that your final Yeah, that's guess? my guess. Okay, sure. Connor? Samuel Hayden? Yep. Uh... It's a Lego game. <laughs> nope. He's uh, the robot guy from Doom and Doom Eternal. I didn't play either of those. Yeah, ah. I played Doom. I played Doom. Gotcha. I remember that. Okay. Uh, Connor. Dylan Faden. Oh. Uh, control. Joel? Control. Yep. I totally just stole Connor's answer because I did not play. <laughs> he was very confident in it. Joel, Joseph Seed. Joseph Seed. Is that a Resident Evil game? I don't know. Jo- oh, no. That, that's, that's Far Cry 5. Connor? Far Cry 5. Yep. All right. Yeah, you guys I was hoping around. you wouldn't get it. Pulled that one around. <laughs> you guys did all right there. Okay. Now we're going into the last section here. And for this one, you're going to name off a certain list that I say. Uh, for this one, I'll we'll rotate back and forth. You'll each give one guess. Sound good? Okay. All right. So starting off here, name every Call of Duty game to release this gen 
We'll start with uh, Connor. So just give one guess. Sure. Uh, World War Two. Good. Ghost. Yes. Ghost. Yes. Connor. Perhaps three. Yes. Infinite. Joel? Infinite Warfare. Yes. Connor. Black Ops 4. Yes. Joel. Modern Warfare. Yes. Connor. Um, can I just rule out the other easy one? Black Ops Cold War. That counts. Yep, we are. If it is, if it has released or it is releasing, we'll, okay. we're counting them. Okay. Joel. That's a cop out, man. I'm calling bullshit. It's a Connor <laughs> cop out. That's the one he was gonna take. That's why he's mad. It's I a Connor cop out. It. The way you phrase it is: every Call of Duty that is out this generation has come out this generation. That, that, that game is, has I'll... it has not come out. This All right, generation. we're taking one point away from Joel for arguing. <laughs> no, I don't think there is right. any others. I'm trying to think. There are. Uh, oh, let me count. One second. You already, you already said Joel's World War turn? II. Yeah. There is two. three more. Three more. It was Black Ops 3, Black Ops 4. I already, already said Infinite them. Warfare. Uh, Connor said World War 2. We said Modern Warfare, and we said the one that's coming Sure, out. okay. Um, hold on. I'm trying to think. There was Ghosts. We already said that. There was the fucking Kevin Spacey one. I don't know which one that was. Probably Infinite Warfare. Um, I don't know Call of Duty that well. There is one very easy one you're both missing here. I I can go. I'm I'm just waiting for him to pass. Are you I'm passing, not, Joel? I, I, no, I refuse to pass. <laughs> I, right. I do not pass. yield my we'll time. We'll be here all night. Um, <laughs> Call of Duty. Yes, is a game. There have been many Call of Duty games <laughs> in the past. Fuck, why am I drawing such a blank? <laughs> Here, let, let, there's a few more, so you can let me take one, and then it can go back to you. No, because then you're going to be up two. <laughs> the, is there, John is there a timer? An obvious one. I, I am going to impose a little timer here, Joel. I need so, something. So we already said Modern Warfare. Does that yep. count Warzone? It does not. Warzone is your point, Joel. Okay. Connor. Advanced Warfare. Yes. All right, Joel, what's the last one? Dude, you really think I'm going to fucking know this right now? <laughs> oh, I've got it. I've got it. Pass? No. Give me a second. If I start naming them in order, can you tell me, like, buzz me? You know what I mean? No. In, in <laughs> no. order of release date? You're not going to get it. it. It would be a long time. Call so COD no. Mobile. Mobile. Call of Duty Mobile released on Xbox One and PS4. Damn, I don't no, Joel, <laughs> Connor, Modern Warfare Remastered. That's not mm. it. Modern Warfare Two Remastered. I'll take that one. <laughs> uh, those okay. Those are two of them. Yeah, John even forgot about those. Apparently, yeah. I okay. So what I put down here was Modern Warfare Two Remastered because that had its own release. Modern Warfare I will, 1 I, I will, I will give you both. I will give you both an extra point because Modern Warfare One did get its own release, but I was thinking of it as Infinite Warfare's add-on. Remember how that was? Sure. It, that's I how forgot. It started. I did forget that it got its own release, so I will give you both yeah. a point. All right. Good job. All right. 
So now, this one is going to be a real doozy. Uh, name every Resident Evil video game to release and re-release this generation. Oh, I've got this. Yeah. All right. Who's starting? Uh, we'll, we're, I, I, I think, think we started with started. you last time, so it's Joel's okay. no, I, turn. This. I, I, all right. Fine. Um, Resident Evil 7. Yes. Connor. Resident Evil 2 remake. Yes. Joel. Resident Evil 3 remake. Yes. Connor. Resident Evil Origins Collection. Yes, Joel. I want to say 